It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Christians and friends, Hope Covenant, Kingdom Hour of Empowerment Open Forum is now on the air. We are perfecting and empowering people for the kingdom. We come to you each and every Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. If you would like to join uh, in with us on today, you might do so by dialing area code 724-444-7444 and enter the call ID 125-026 followed by the pound sign. We ask that you please mute your phones or you can join our live and on-demand streaming at www.talkshoe.com forward slash TC forward slash one two five zero two six. We are a Bible believing ministry. Our discussions and teachings are solely Christian faith based. We are production and ministry of Hope Covenant Kingdom Ministries, Chicago, Illinois, Bronzeville. If you're enjoying this ministry hour, why don't you let us know by phoning us at area code. Seven seven three nine two four two seven nine zero. I am your host, Apostle Michael Body. Scripture, Psalms 37, 
Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The Word of God. Tuning in to the Hope Covenant Kingdom Hour of Empowerment Open Forum. At this time, we would ask, we would like to ask Reverend Dr. Milton, Pastor Dr. Milton Shelby, if he would lead us to the throne of grace. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another blessed day that Thou hast made. And we thank you for another opportunity to come before the throne of grace and of mercy, of love and of salvation. 
with our hearts humbled, our knees bent, and our minds open and receptive to the inflow and the outpouring of all there is in you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask that you touch the hearts, minds, spirits, and souls of your children who are available to you on this day, listening to your holy word, making time to spend with you through these airways and through this venue. We ask that you touch, bless, and anoint the wisdom of the conversation and that your holy word may emanate and radiate itself into and through the airways and that the molecular structure may touch the mindset of those who are listening so that they may be a healing in somebody's mind, a healing in somebody's body, that someone that's sad may find some joy today, someone that's lonely may find companionship in your son Christ Jesus, someone that's depressed may find some joy. Father, we know that your word cannot fail, and so we stand this day in the mighty name of Jesus, in the wonderful name of Christ, we step and say thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment in time in our lives. And so it is in the wonderful, marvelous, fantastic, and awesome name of Almighty Jesus. And so it is. tuning in to the Hope Covenant Kingdom Hour of Empowerment Open Forum. Amen. And we want to get into our discussion. Uh, I believe it was last week was our first week and uh, our special guest was Minister Louise Davis. We had a marvelous time in lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We really we really did. And uh, Pastor Milton Shelby, the pastor of uh, the Church of Living Faith at 1853 West uh, East, excuse me, on 79th Street, also was our guest. And you can join into his worship experience of CLF or the Church of Living Faith each and every Sunday at noon for their worship experience. Again, it's at 1853 East on 79th Street in Chicago, Illinois. All right, at this time, I want to ask you all, and just quickly, we're doing things a little different, <coughs> excuse me, because we want to allow time for discussion, and this is an hour of empowerment. Before we had an hour of prayer, open forum, and so we are eliminating some things and we're adding on some others. So if you would just let us know that you're there by just calling your name. If you'd like to state your name, your church affiliation, that's fine, but we really just want to know who's online. Minister Davis from the Evening Star Missionary Baptist Church. The bishop, Sister L. is my pastor. Amen. Minister Louise Davis. 
Amen. And also, all right, if there's anybody else, because we're going to get right into our discussion. We would like to thank Pastor Dr. Shelby for that uh, fervent prayer. For the Bible said the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Brothers and sisters, I thank you all for your cooperation because we are doing kingdom work, uh, and it is my aim and my vision for us to uh, reach the kingdom uh, and that we might impart wisdom into others that they also make disciples unto themselves. So on the day what we're going to talk about and uh, before we get, we're going to talk about the church, we're going to talk about denominations, and we're also going to talk about doctrines. But before we go into that, we're going to listen to a, a, a brief history of the Church of Living Faith and the uh, pastorage of uh, Pastor Dr. Milton Shelby. Let us say amen. Amen. I bless you. CLF, the Church of Living Faith, uh, is actually in its actu- actually in its second stage of uh, fruition. Initially, the Church of Living Faith was founded in uh, 1981, and we uh, were established for about four or five years, and then the Lord called me away from. Uh, not from ministry, but from pastoralship for a period of time. And then when he called me back, uh, he called me back uh, in 1990 approximately to uh, start the second stage of the Church of Living Faith. Uh, Just sharing with you uh, on this afternoon, uh, I've noticed that uh, from that time to now, there has been an evolution Uh, throughout the religious community, uh, dealing with denominations, dealing with doctrines, and dealing with different forms of faith. I would simply say to you that... uh, Excuse me, Dr. Shelby. We're not in our discussion right now. We wanted to just basically hear about your ministry and your... uh, We're getting a history on you. I was about to share that with you. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm saying that to say that uh, when uh, the Church of Living Faith was established in 1980, in the 80s, we were established as a non-denominational church. Amen. And so I was pointing that out because uh, being non-denominational is what we have always been from the day of our inception. Uh, We believe in uh, practicing the principles as they are found within the uh, Holy Scriptures, um, specifically the King James Version being our foundational uh, word of God. So everything in which we uh, believe and which we practice uh, can be found within uh, the King James Version of God's Holy Word. And of course, we believe and practice that Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, 
that he lived an awesome, awesome spiritual field life to show us how we are to live this life and how we are to love one another here on earth. And then he uh, did the ultimate uh, act in which anyone could give, and that was through the showing of his love and grace and mercy for us. He went up on the cross. He was crucified. He lived and died and then rose again that we may have life and have it more abundantly. I would like to, I would like to ask you a question also, and I did hear that you still had some more information. Uh, when we talk about, if you look in the book of Ephesians where it says, and he, and he uh, made some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teaching teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So every minister, every pastor, I don't just think that, I, I believe with that scripture it is saying that uh, ministry is a team effort. That's just uh, my interpretation, my understanding, uh, that is a team effort. So my question to you, uh, far as gift-wise, basically the gift, the apostolic work is a gift, and then the prophetic work is a gift, and then as an evangelist, to go out and evangelize is a gift, and a pastor is a gift, but it's a gift as well as a calling, and then as the teaching. Uh, and so my question to you uh what is God? I mean, how many years of pastoring so far? Uh, over 30, 31 years of pastorialship. Okay. And so 31 years of pastorialship, and I want to congratulate you, Dr. Shelby, and that's a lot of time to pastor our people. Amen. Amen. Yes, you sir. So, uh, yes, sir. Uh, the preachers, she didn't say nothing against it. <laughs> But anyway, that seemed like quite a bit of time. And what I, I just wanted to ask you, I don't know if she had something to ask you or to add or whatever to it. Uh, where what, Do you ever think about what, uh, after 31 years of God using you as working in the vineyard, what, what is God, what is your gift? What is God calling you to do? What is your vision? Okay, you asked about three different questions there. What is God calling me to do? What, what is, is God calling vision? you to do? What is your vision? Where, 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 what is your destiny for your ministry and your gift, your gift? Whatever. How do you want to answer that? Well, just let me uh, share it with you like this. Um, my uh, destiny is to do God's will to the best of my ability to share with his children uh, through personal experiences that I have had in my relationship with God, uh, the fact that God is God and that all things are possible to those who believe and trust in him. I uh, have, I truly believe, been chosen by God uh, pulled up out of the miry clay, snatched off of the streets of Chicago, the south side of Chicago, to do his will, specifically to those who can relate 
to where my, my experiences have come from. Uh, and that is uh, to be able to speak to those who have had experiences of living the kind of life that one lives on the south side of Chicago and let them know that God is God. He sits, he's mighty, he's wonderful, he's powerful, and that regardless of your environment, if you were to study his word and develop a strong positive relationship with God and live according to the principles that are found in his holy word, nothing becomes impossible to you. A drug addict can get clean. Someone with cancer can be healed. Somebody's depressed can find joy. Somebody's loss can be found. That our lives really, once we align ourselves with God and his word, then we can do and live the impossible life in which we think we can't live when we're in a negative environment. So I believe that uh, without touching bases on my ability to sing and my ability to speak, those are gifts. But those are you can have gifts and misuse your gifts. My desire is to stay true to my calling and use the gifts to enhance my ability to reach God's children and help them find their way like somebody, let me say this, Pastor, uh, somebody helped me find my way <laughs> when I was lost. Okay? Amen. And so that, that is, that's what I get a joy out of. That's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy being an example and living the kind of life to the best of my ability, whereby when people see me, they see the light of God shining in me, so much so that they desire to have that light within them turned on as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's that's, that's so awesome. Try not to say anything, but that just sparks me. I mean, that really, really touched me because that's my desire, and that's just how amazing God people come together, and He brings us all together in such a way so that His message can get out. And we're actually doing the work of the kingdom, and to have that fire. I mean, after thirty-one years, it's it's inspiring to know that you can still. Feel that way, like the day, like the day one. You know, that's great. Absolutely. I was just sharing with someone the other day, about two or three days ago. I was telling. I said, you know what? When I was younger, I desired to be rich and build this huge empire, and you know, drive uh, luxury cars and live up in the house on the hill and so forth. But uh, at this stage of my life. At this point in my life, my greatest desire is just to do God's will. Because I know as long as I do his will, he's going to take care of me. He's going to bless me. And so uh, I get a joy. I get a joy out of seeing uh, God's children's eyes light up when they receive a revelation, when they're in Bible study and and the word of God turns on the light inside their soul, and all of a sudden you can see it on their face. Oh, I got that. 
I understand what that's about now. And Dr. then I top of Dr. Chevy, let me uh and I am enjoying this, but I wanna put something in there. I wanna add something to that. This is an hour of empowerment. And so what I'm hearing from you is just exactly what we were looking for. Hour of empowerment. With the gift that you have, with the gifts that uh Minister Davis and myself uh, I think what happened with me, I have had, I don't know about both of you all, my vision and my destiny and God speaking to me uh, what he would have for me to do as the years changed, the vision and the destiny uh, began to change. And so now God is speaking to me in reference of empowering others to the kingdom. And so that's what uh, caused me to uh, change this for, uh, to an hour of empowerment and prayerfully hoping that in our discussions and in our teachings uh, that we could reach those within the church nucleus in the kingdom of God, but we can't reach every denomination, we can't reach every uh, religious group, we can't, but the Christian faith Based group that we can reach them and empower them and 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 discuss things that would help them uh, to be instrumental in doing kingdom work. And what is kingdom work? The following the Great Commission. No matter how great our gifts are, if we're not empowering people for the kingdom, if we're not doing the, the uh, perfecting of the saints. Uh, we we are not doing everything that God would have us to do. The work of the ministry, that's also we're responsible for, and the edifying of the body of Christ. And this is this is what it takes. It's been too, there are too many churches uh, where there's a one man show, when it was never meant to be a one man show. When you look at this particular passage of scripture, it speaks of empowerment. It takes a Dr. Shelby, it takes a minister, uh, David, it takes an apostle body because God equipped body with something, equipped equip, uh, Dr. Shelby with something, and minister David. So he again said, and he called some what? Apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, and he explains why. And so that's why uh, I, I, I went this way because I want you when you look at your gifts and when you look at the ministry that God is doing for you, ask yourself the question, uh, how can I help to empower people in a city and in the world where our young people are uh, are, hate, uh, are doing hate crimes and they're shooting down uh, people? And we are the ministers and the clergy, the people of God that we need to take a stand. We need to have a vision. We need to have a destiny, and we need to have something so we could help bring uh, the people of God back into fellowship. And so on today, I want to thank Dr. Shelby because uh, uh, you're very interesting, and, and God really uses you, and especially through your prayer. And, again, I thank you for your fervent prayer. On today, we're going to discuss, and 
I enjoy when you jump right in there. Whoever else is on the line, you could jump right in there. And because if I really need to to squeeze in, I usually squeeze in. And if you need to squeeze in, you squeeze in um, because our time is limited. But we're going to discuss the church in reference to what? Denomination and what else? Doctrine. Church, denomination, doctrine. What I want well, to say before we mm-hmm. before we go there before we go there, I want to first talk about what the three are, so so uh, we we won't just be out there and we losing our listener. First of all, we have to understand the church. We're not talking about church buildings. We're not talking about specific locations. When we talk about the church, we talk about the kingdom of God, the church, a body of baptized believers called out of the darkness of sin and joined together uh, as a fellowship. And then, okay, let's, what are denominations? Actually, denominations were made by different uh, people. I have it. If you were to go to the Hope Covenant Kingdom Iowa Empowerment Open Forum uh, event page, you would see the information there, and there are several hundreds of denominations Denominations was people's traditions and styles of worship. And technically, according to the scripture, there shouldn't even be denominations at all because there's one God. As as uh, as, as um, Dr. Shelby would say, we are what? I can't think of the word he always used. We are... We're one with God. No, you use, God is no, not that word. You use the word, and we're universal. We are. It was meant for us to be universal. It was never meant for the church to be divided up in all these little groups. This uh, some churches, uh, because of their pastor, uh, their this church because of the way uh, Doctor Shelby the, because uh, 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 likes to minister his church. To, uh, it's supposed to be one church. And 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 the most denominations are in the black church. The most denominations, we we yeah. I, we decide we uh, a lot of people haven't did the, did the uh, history on it. But if you do the history, you will see that we have dissected ours because all of us we want to be heads and not the tails. I mean I mean not head and not the followers. We want to be chiefs and not Indians. Okay, so we brought up the church. We talk, brought up the denominations. The denomination is just a worship style. Uh, some of us are laid back. Me and uh, Minister Davis, we 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 like uh, a different type of praise. But the, even though we praise God different, even though we worship God, we don't have to uh, have a denominational name because when we take upon ourselves uh, the denominational names, we cause division within the kingdom, and if we're not uh, ministers for the kingdom, then what happens, we we separate the body of Christ, which is the church. Okay, last but not least, let me get out of your way. Doctrine. Our doctrine should be, as I heard Dr. Shelby say earlier, he told us his doctrine, the doctrine of the Bible. Too many churches have doctrines of the preacher. Well, this preacher says, let's do it this way. Let's wear this. Uh, if you don't wear this, then you're not this. Or, 
uh, and, and nowadays it's the days of apostles and bishops, and I'm not against any of that. But those should not be doctrines. Those should not be doctrine. Doctrine should be the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we got 66 books. I heard Dr. Shelby say we have King James Virgin. This is a book that Evening Star uses. It's the book that, uh, I mean, we study them all. And I have them all. I'm sure you all have them all. But the book that's designated for Evening Star Missionary Baptist Church under the leadership of Bishop Vester Lewis Dixon is King James Virgin. So Dr. Shelby, he uh, also has the King James Version of the Bible as a guide as uh, uh, for the members of CLF. And, and so, uh, and that's to have a certain type of order. And because that's that's what empowering people is, having them in order. And so that's why I said we was going to talk about today, and we got these preachers on here. We're going to talk about the, the divine order uh, with churches, denominations, why denominations? Uh, 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 should there be denominations, or should we get hung up on de- denominations? Do we really know what denominations are? And then doctrines. How many doctrines should there be? Uh, again, Dr. Shelby said God, the church is universal, so why should there be denominations? There's one Lord, there's one faith, one baptism. All right. Well, me, myself, personally, I don't get hung up on denominations. I'm a non-denominational person. It doesn't matter what church, what name you have on the outside of the building. If you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, then it's only one thing. We have our Father, which we are serving, and are we doing that, and we're not together. I think that when you... Add in the, this is this denomination, and we don't do this. You're bringing a division amongst the kingdom, and the idea is to work. He says, "Seek ye first the kingdom, first of all." And if we're seeking the kingdom, then denomination shouldn't come into play. There you go. Um, it shouldn't be. Whereas, well, you don't wear this, and you're not. No, because. I believe that Christ came the way he came was to set the example. They were looking for someone to come in this royal gallant apparel and appearance. And here's Jesus, the son of a carpenter. And you say he's the Messiah. You know, that's, it's, it's all about appearances. I believe these days, if you look a certain way, then you got to be saved. Um, I lived in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin for a while, and a part of the ministry, they're non-denominational, but a part of um, uh, um, exercise we did was we had people who hadn't been in church to dress like people who already go to church and just hold a Bible, and we dressed like people from the street. And the people that were from the street walked up to the people that looked like they were from church and shone the ones that were from. So I seen right there that it's all about the appearance. Well, if you look a certain way, then you got to be. People are ignoring the realness because they're caught up in what this person's going to think and 
or if I don't say this, but like he said, it's universal. So how can we just shut one, you know, shut this off and say God is just here when he's omnipresent? Like, for instance, uh, we, we, we have names and excuse me, a Baptist church, Church of God in Christ. And let me let me say this. I learned this from Dr. Shelby. We have to be careful when we have our discussions. We are not trying to say things or people are wrong because they do something. A lot of times our people perish for the lack of knowledge. The Bible says feed them. Oh, you ask some, I've heard people for years say, I've been Baptist all my life. I'm a diabaptist. What they don't realize is that there's no such a thing as a denomination in the Bible or any other denomination of Church of God in Christ uh, or Church of God or uh, full gospel. What those are are organizations who have certain traditional practices. And what happens is with those traditional practices, we allow those to govern our belief in God and divide us instead of being universal, universal as Dr. Shelby had said earlier. It, it takes the oneness away. Uh, I think what you said, Dr. Shelby, in the scripture, uh, some saying they was following who, Apollo, and some said they was following and they were they were following different people, but technically they they were there was only one God. Now I'm gonna say this, and then uh, Dr. Shelby he was trying to say something. I don't want to take all of the meat from him. Now there are cults too. We have to we have to accept. Some people don't like to accept truth uh, to a degree. There are Jehovah Witness and some other cults, and the cults are when they are denominations that are created by a man and they teach the following of a man but the doctrine of the of the word of god is changed to uh how can i say it changed to direct your consciousness and your thinking to another dec- uh, a direction that's when it becomes a cult when people are following only one man's belief Last but not least, uh, what pastor or what preacher could dare say that God only gave him the uh, the word that you should listen to? That's all I want to say on that, Doctor Shelby. Yeah, I I agree with with all of that, but I I think this is only my opinion. Now, I really don't think anything wrong with uh, denominations. Uh, I'm bear with me for one moment. Uh, to me, denominations, uh, really, if you look at it on on a basic level, is simply a certain style of praise and worship or a certain way in which we worship God. And if you are, quote, unquote, Methodist, and you like the quietness and the serenity and the peace and tranquility of praise and worship, there's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. If you are Pentecostal and you're a little more fiery and you like to uh, dance and praise and lift your hands up and shout hallelujah, 
I don't think it's anything wrong with that. Nobody has a cornerstone on how we are to praise and worship God. I think what happens is, though, when man says the way you worship God is wrong because you should be worshiping him the way I worship him, therefore, the way you worship is wrong. And then someone else say, well, the way you worship is wrong because you don't worship the way I worship. And then those who are quiet make fun of those who dance. And those who dance say the Holy Ghost ain't in the church because the ones that are quiet uh, don't dance the way they do. Well, both are Amen. wrong because God is universal. Nobody Amen. has a cornerstone on God. Right. Who are you Amen. to determine how I'm to praise God when just Amen. maybe the way God built me, he built me so that when I worship him, I do nothing but cry, period. Cool. Just sit where I'm yeah, I've been to many services where I've seen women just sitting in their seat, just crying, just boo because God has touched them and they're so thankful and grateful. And then I've seen other times when they've got to get up and dance and shout, and this goes for both. I, I have cried many times, many times in the pulpit. And, and, and look, I've cried so many times, I thought they was going to name me the weeping preacher for a moment there uh, because God has been that good. So I say that to say that, I don't really think it's anything wrong with denomination because I may like this style or I may right. like that style. We're going to have to you pause. Know? But when we, start, when we start saying to one another, the way you do it is wrong and you've got to do it my way, I think that's when we cross, uh, cross boundaries and get things out of whack, so to speak. Amen. We're going to pause because we got some good music some good gospel music, and uh, Dr. Shelby have already brought up that some of us like it slow, some of us like it fast. Before we go there, though, uh, we both can identify, and I thank God that we are one accord, that when you use the word denomination, it's, it's a word that divides us. But to recognize it as just your style of worship at a certain church does not divide. But when you when you separate because of your worship style, that's when it becomes a denomination. And denominations divide churches because you don't worship, you don't believe in baptizing in Jesus' name only, or because you don't speak in tongues, you 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 uh, don't haven't received the Holy Ghost, or because you don't believe in doing communion this way. And so when we when we have those worship styles, and let's keep that in mind. It's not the worship styles that cause division. It's where we have separated ourselves because of the worship styles. Because I like it quiet. Everybody else is wrong. Well, because I want to dance. And these are the things where we, 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 need, to, we need to focus on. That's where the, the denominational barriers come in. And they, and they never existed in the Bible. All denominations were man-made because of styles of worship. Styles of worships are right. Denominational divisions are wrong. So we're going to uh, listen to uh, the prayer of Jabez.
Empowerment Open Forum on another Friday in the PM with Apostle Michael Body, your humble servant. And I have special guests on today, uh, Pastor Dr. Milton Shelby and also Minister Louise Davis. And if if there's anybody else and you want to let us know that you're there, just holler out your name and uh, your church affiliation and uh, we want to go back into our discussion because we kind of uh, uh, excited and, and and it's good when the, uh, we have a meeting of the minds and the body of Christ, Amen. That we might share wisdom and that we might empower through the impartation of the the Word of God, so that the kingdom 
can be reached if there weren't. Or uh, maybe you had something you want to ask or address or something you want to say before we go back into our discussion. you got a minute to do it. Amen. All right, the last thing that I had said, uh, beloveds, I was speaking of denomination and, and doctrine. Nothing has ever been wrong with denomination or the doctrines. But what makes the doctrine and denominations wrong when they cause division, when they divide, uh, when, you, as a matter of fact, little things like to wear a T-shirt or not to wear a T-shirt, to wear a civic attire or not to wear civic attire, to wear Episcopal garments or not to, to wear street clothes or not to. Uh, certain pastors dress certain ways and certain garments, pastors, that it's not a right or wrong situation. But what makes it wrong, uh, Minister Davis, when you put a name on it, you put a name on it. So I like to worship this way. Well, maybe that is, that might be what you call the Baptist. That's the Baptist way of worship. Well, that stuff came from our foreparents that did not have the education that we have now. They didn't have the education, so they did not know how to say, well, we don't like worshiping like the people on the corner down there. They're jumping in there, dancing off with tambourines and, and, and bongos and stuff, and they were Pentecostal when I came up, and we like to have good church, but we don't want to do that. So we didn't mean to do, like Pastor Shelby would say, we didn't mean to do anything wrong, but technically what we did, we divided ourselves which we did cause division because at the point where we separated ourselves due to our ways of worship, that's a form of division. So we cannot let denomination. We have to identify, oh, I respect your worship style. I respect that you believe that. Okay, I got to, you know, what happens is the Scripture says, God says, I give you pastors after my heart. And when you get that pastor, the responsibility of following the leadership and the form of worship comes from your leader. But when the form of leadership that you are following becomes carved in stone and you put a name on it, I'm not saying the name of a church, but a name of your practice, that is, uh, that, that is not scriptorial, and that's when we cause division. Um, if I might interject a little something. Um, I was raised in a home that my grandmother practiced the letter of the Bible. We did everything according to the word. I still do the things that I was brought up doing. I... Um, Someone asked my grandmother what was her denomination, and she told them it was melting pot. And they just looked at her. She said, I have to put it that way because she believes in everything that the word of God says. If it was holy, she kept it. The word of God says, God says to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. She did that. You train up a child, she did it. Anything that the word of God said was law in our home. So I grew up, fortunately, to, in a home where if the spirits say move left, that's what we did. 
and I think when we put in, well, if you if you do this, you like you like you all were saying, if we when we put labels on it and say, well, you can't because you don't do it this way, it's wrong. That's what the thing is. But I believe that we should be able to be free in the spirit. The word of God says, whom the son says free. It's is free indeed. Free in Praise God. You know, I believe that we should have that. We should be able to move and have the freedom that God gave us. God placed man here and gave him free will. So if I want to jump one day and cry the next second and just allow the spirit to move as it will. Uh, I, I think you happened. said that, can I ask you a question? Do you really think, now I'm talking about 2017. I'm not talking about when my mother was coming up in 1930-something, 1940-something. Do you really think because, and I cry in church, I dance in church, I like good, a good choir, but do you think that's the reason that I need to take it and put it under the category and give it a name, or should we just understand that it's still the kingdom? We should just understand that it's still the kingdom. God's spirit is free. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, it moved differently than it did in Moses' time. You know, his, his, he says, my ways aren't yours and my thoughts aren't yours. So who is to say the way that the spirit moves upon each individual is not his way? I agree. I, I Once again, I think that uh, we are all on the same track and we all have this, uh, uh, the divine wisdom of God is pouring himself out upon us. I think what happens is, is when we become judgmental of others because they do not worship our way. I don't even think Amen. it's the, the, I don't think it's, well, it's a tradition or doctrine or, or uh, denomination. I think it's when we become judgmental of one another uh, and become critical and criticize because they don't worship and praise the way we do, then we look at them in an inferior manner, uh, saying self-consciously to ourselves, unconsciously to ourselves, well, because they don't worship the way we worship, then they really don't have a relationship with God the way we have a relationship with God. And guess what? That's probably the truth. Your relationship with God is different than my relationship with God. And then the same as your relationship with God is different than our relationship with God. But who is to say that your relationship with God is not real? Because we still got a relationship. Exactly. That's right. That's right. You see, when, once we get the understanding Praise and get God. back to understanding that God is universal, he's Amen. universal, he's, God is everywhere. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. His Amen. knowledge, his spirit, the spirit of God is everywhere. And that's why I always say, now listen to me well when I say this, I can go into a kingdom hall. I can go Amen. into a Muslim's temple. I can go into an apostolic church. I can go into a Baptist church. I can go anywhere and sit in worship and either learn and learn something. Let me put it like this. I will learn That's something, right. whether it is what to do or what, what not, not to do. 
Amen. You follow what I'm saying there? Because Amen. who am I to say that God is not in this church because they got six members? But Amen. God is not in this of- church because they got 600 members. No, Amen. just let me give you a quick story, then I'll turn it back over to you guys because I've got a praise report. I know a Come church on. with six members, with six members. And God blessed one of the members with a $160,000 blessing by wiping their credit clean of 160000 debt that they owed and gave them full forgiveness and told them, don't worry about it. Now, I don't know about you, but if God is in the church with six, okay? That's right. It's all right. I, I'd rather be the one with the church with six, but God is blessing Amen. like that than to Amen. be in the one with Amen. 60 and he's not there. So Hallelujah. God bless you. And that's the story. I was there from beginning to ending, so I know what I'm talking about, not what somebody told me. I saw God work through the entire process, and that blessing for uh, that person was just received a week ago this past Saturday. God is awesome. Now, you can't tell that person to just sit down and be quiet. That's that right. Amen. Sometimes right? <laughs> what happens is the larger churches, people, especially, and I talk about black people because I'm black, so don't beat up on me. I always talk about <laughs> black people. I don't talk about white folks and other folks because I'm not that. I'm trying to help our people. And we are crowd chasers. That's one of the problems mm-hmm. in the church. We chase the crowd. We figure if it's a crowd, it's right. But then the scriptures say on that road that le- that leads to, from earth to glory, every now and then a travel. Uh-huh. But the road that leads to destruction is crowded. So we have to understand it's not always in the crowd because most of the time, if it's the we got the crowd, we don't have the Christ. And if oh, we have the Christ, we don't have the crowd. Now let me add this one last thing to it. In the church now, uh, this I know Pastor, Pastor Shelby, you are, you a are pastor, so I, you have to deal with this. All these sudden uh, changes, which are doctrinal, they're doctrinal. We have to change now. We don't want to, we don't want to sing the Lord's Prayer no more. We don't want to do devotion no more. We want to do praise and worship. And a lot of us don't know what praise and worship is. We're going to talk about praise and worship next week because we don't understand what we're doing, the pumping and the priming and the entertaining more so. Uh, and, and, and so that style of worship has become denominational to a point. If your church is not doing praise and worship, y'all are having church right. You need to have praise and worship now. Uh, but they, just like saying we don't want testifying no more, we don't want devotion no more, and uh, you, your church don't have this type of furniture. Well, uh, churches don't put pews in no more, so all the churches with pews are wrong. And if you don't have the monitors, you're wrong. So what we are, what we are doing, we're allowing trivial things to divide us, and the worst people that ever need to be divided is black, the black race that we are. And until we learn to pull down denominational barriers and not just put them down, we got to first know. We got to know that they're there. So a lot of people, the, the, the barriers of denomination are knocking them in the head, and they're saying, oh, I don't see no de-. Yeah, they're there. 
Some pastors don't deal with some other pastors. Some pastors want folks to worship them. Some some pastors think it's only my way or the highway, and that's because of division and schism in the church. And what we have to do, we have to understand that, as you said, Dr. Shelby, church is universal. One Lord, there's only one Lord, there's one God, one faith, and one baptism. So, again, I can also... Now, I'm a, I'm a, I differ a little bit. I can go into any uh, denominational uh, worship place, but I do not worship in churches that are not biblically based. It, based. I don't worship there, but if I go in there, I can respect their form of worship. So we have to understand the Bible teaches us that we cannot be blown with every wind, the Bible says, doctrine. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. says not to be blown with every wind of doctrine because men wait with cunning craftiness, cunning craftiness, Amen. and that's what messes up the church. We go to too many places. Number one, apostle body is not a Muslim. I'm not against Muslims, but I know how to get in my place. And so I don't worship with Muslims. But if I happen to be there, I, I can respect the worship. I can respect the worship if I was in the kingdom hall. But I don't believe in the, in the teachings of the kingdom hall, uh, of the Jehovah Witness. And, uh, and that's what also creates havoc in the church because a lot of us, we blow with every wind of doctrine. And we have to have a raise a standard if we believe in God. The scriptures say, if God be God, serve him. If they don't God serve him. We can't we can't worship with the with the Buddhists and then worship with these folk over here, then worship with the folks over here. We can respect them. We can go into their synagogue, but then I don't really have too many reasons to go. But if I do, when I leave out of there, I'm gonna still be the same child of God and 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 and, and uh believe of Christ Jesus. So we got a few more minutes left. Okay. Let me let me uh, let me uh, say something in reference to that, with the understanding of what you just shared with us. I totally agree with you that it's a difference between going to a temple or going to a synagogue and worshiping. That's one thing, but attending a worship service or a teaching or uh, something, a service that's going on. Uh, is something different to me. That this is just my uh, paradigm of how I see things. If you're worshiping that style, yes, you you know you can't worship this. Uh, but God, when He sent us out, He did not tell us, "Well, don't go over here," or "Don't go over there." He said, "Go out into the highways and the byways." And so we must first of all be strong enough in our own understanding of God's word, in our relationship with God, in our own practices with God, and that will give us the ability to go to others because I'm just being hypothetical here. You may, God may send you to a, well, we, this is an old-fashioned word, but God may send you to a tavern. I guess they call it a club now, a club, but we call it a nightclub. God may send you to a nightclub because he's got somebody in the nightclub 
he wants you to touch. He's got somebody in that nightclub that needs to hear your word. I know this is a way Amen. out uh, illustration. Amen. I know it's way out, but Jesus no. ate with the sinners. Amen. He ate with the publicans. He, he, he hung out with them periodically. Jesus did not conform to the religious practices of his days and time. If you really, really, really want to think about it, Jesus was a rebel. In, okay? In my relationship with God, where I can enter a temple, I can enter a synagogue, I can enter a Baptist church, I can enter a non-denominational church and receive what God has for me, whether he's showing me what I need to do or showing me what not to do. And so I say that because there may be some out here who are searching. And as they're searching for God, they may go from one denomination to another until God shows them where they are supposed to be. It's, it's almost like young people. When you're young, sometimes you can have 10 or 15 jobs by the time you're 25. Well, what I've come to find out was that I don't criticize uh, people like that because to me what they're doing is they're searching for themselves to find where they're supposed to be and what their calling is in life. So eventually they find out they're supposed to be a preacher. Eventually, they found. And that, that's where yeah. the Great Commission comes in. That's our job. When we empower them, that gives them the direction so they won't have to, to, to be wavery when they go out seeking. That is, if we are really doing the work of the gospel and following the commission that Christ left, which is the Great Commission. I agree. So uh, I, I think it would be better that we would not allow our young people, our families to be misled uh, and blow with different doctrines. But if God has called us into ministry, our job, we must keep in mind, not to even let them compromise, but to Ask God to lead us into empowering and then impart the word of God so that we, too, can reach the kingdom by perfecting excellence in men and women, boys and girls. And we want to thank you all today. We want to ask the woman of God if she would close us out with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless your name for your word on today. Father, we thank you for the fellowship and the empowerment of your people, oh God. Now, Father, we ask that we not just be readers, but be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Amen.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.